asked the song leader to lead some songs about uh, brotherly love, and so that was good. It was good, but it is good to be here with everyone this morning. If you'll give me just a second, looks like the computer went back to sleep. We uh, got a lesson this morning. It's not uh, not really a complicated lesson, and it's really, at least in my mind, a little bit of a different type of lesson. It's not a not one that's going to have any kind of new information or or really a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of uh, particular teaching, but more more of a reminder and and really uh, some commendation, if you want to think about it that way, or maybe some some attaboy or or doing good kind of stuff. And if you uh, if you think about the Bible uh, and and especially the New Testament. And the letters that were written to the Christians, um, there was a lot of, you need to change this, you need to change that, you need to do this better. But there was also a lot of, you're doing this good, uh, and and keep on doing this, and continue doing the things that you're doing. And and so this this lesson is going to be more along those lines, I feel like. But kind of what spurred me to thinking about this was last week... Uh, in our class in Philippians, we mentioned and, and talked just briefly about how you can tell from the letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians, uh, how you could tell his relationship and their relationship with him, his with them, was a very close relationship. You can just, I think we even said, you can just kind of feel how close their relationship was by the tone of the letter and how much they cared for one another, and so uh, that's really what I what I want us to think about this morning is our group here uh, and and our relationships with one another. But uh, I wanted to to start off by reading a couple of these passages from the book of Philippians. We'll start in chapter one. It says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It's right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Later on in the letter, uh, we haven't gotten to chapter 4 yet in our class, but later on in the letter, chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. And so... These are just a, a couple of the places in that letter to the brethren at Philippi that, that you can see how much Paul cared for them and how he felt about them. And, and as you read that letter, you can see that they felt that same way about Paul. And uh, it's clearly a very close and valued relationship that they had uh, with one another. And... You ask, you know, why or how did they end up 
feeling that way about each other. And, and the letter really tells us it's because they had shared in the work with each other. Uh, the Philippians had helped Paul seemingly multiple times uh, with things he needed needed help with, and Paul had helped them and spent time with them and, and had done things for them. And that sharing in that common goal and sharing in that common work and helping one another get to the same place um, is part of how they ended up uh, having the relationship with one another that they did. And so, again, uh, this morning my lesson is really going to be thinking about us and our, our group here. And it's a group that I'm thankful for. Uh, and I want to just kind of go through some passages that re- remind us uh, of what we have. And I want us to think about what we have here. And I want us to be thankful for what we have here. Um, and I want us to realize that our bond uh, is the same. Our bond with one another should be the same type of bond that Paul and the group at uh, Philippi had for each other and it's rooted in the fellowship Mark mentioned that uh, in, in what he said before we partook of the Lord's Supper uh, this idea of fellowship or communion together doing the same thing working towards the same goals uh, together uh, believing in the in the same things that, that God has told us together uh, and so again I think this is something that we should Uh, cherish and we should be thankful for among ourselves and realize that it's it's not something that's always uh, in every church or in every congregation Uh, and and so when you do have that you need to realize that and be thankful for it and I think we need to encourage each other to excel you know even more in the things we're going to talk about uh, this morning so how are Christians supposed to feel about each other? Are we supposed to just be a group of people that, yeah, we know each other's names, we show up here uh, on Sundays and, and on Wednesdays, and that's that's really the only time we see each other or ever talk to each other? Or are we supposed to have a closer bond than that? I think um, everyone here, uh, you know, understands a, a Christian's bond is supposed to be more than just seeing each other a couple of times a week. And and we're going to start out by looking at, at how or what that's rooted in. You know, how do we end up having that close-knit bond? Well, you know, God has always expected His people to love others. Uh, the, the passage in Leviticus 19 to the Israelites, uh, this is one of the places where you see you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And and that certainly transcends, as we know, Old Testament, New Testament. It really is what God expects from his people across the board for all time. And so in our fellowship or in our, our group is a, is a group of God's people here, this same thing has to be there, this love for one another. In John uh, 13, verses 34 and 35, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you're to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Uh, Again, later in the book of John, Jesus 
says this same thing. This is in, in 15 verses 12 through 14. It says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. And so at the base level of our relationship with one another is this uh, love that we're supposed to have for one another. And I think we understand in this passage we're about to read in 1 Corinthians 13 is where we begin to see what Jesus means and what God means when he says love one another. It's not just uh, an emotional feeling. It is an emotional feeling, but it's, it's more than that. It's, a, it's something that is displayed through our actions. And so uh, 1 Corinthians 13 uh, is just one of the passages we're going to look at. But again, this is where we see what this love that God's talking about is. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. If you continue reading to the end of that chapter, Paul concludes his statement uh, by saying that this love that he's talking about here is the thing that endures. It is the thing that, that we have to have. It is, it is really one of the most important things that a Christian must have as their uh, core. And so you look at all of those things and you see that that really all of that is something that has to be displayed right it's not it's not just a feeling on the inside it's something that is displayed in how we act towards others and how we interact with one another um, and so you know in thinking about uh, our group here we have to to be mindful of that and and realize that our love has to be shown and acted out uh, and jesus left you know that example for us uh, it says in john 13 verses 13 through 15 this is uh right after jesus has washed the disciples feet just before he is uh, headed to the garden and and ultimately arrested it says uh, you call me teacher and lord and you're right for so i am if i then your lord and teacher have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I've given you an example that you also should do just as I've done. This passage in uh, Luke 22 we mentioned in, in class today. Uh, again, where Jesus is telling his disciples that, that this love that God expects us to have is thr shown through our serving others, through what we do for others. And so... Uh, Luke 22, starting in verse 26, says, But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest, and the leader as one who serves. For, he, for who is the greater, one who reclines at the table, or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table, but I am, am among you as the one who serves? You know, what, what is Jesus' point? He's trying to get across to his disciples right here. They've just been disputing about who's going to be the greatest among them. And Jesus' point is, 
you know, you, you, y'all are thinking in the wrong direction. You don't need to be trying to be the greatest or the most important. You need to be the one uh, who's taking a lowly position, the one who is serving others. And so this serving one another in, in our group here uh, is part of what love looks like. That, that is part of how this love is displayed. <clears throat> and we're going to talk a little bit more about that after these uh, two passages here. It says, uh, Galatians chapter 5, uh, For you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, here in Galatians 5, Paul kind of ties this uh, this golden rule or this, this second greatest commandment as is put in the Bible of loving your neighbor as yourself. He ties that... Uh, right together with serving one another and and loving one another and so um, again this is this is one of the the foundational aspects of what it means to love each other and uh, the next chapter in Galatians chapter 6 verses 9 and 10 it says let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up so then as we have opportunity let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so, again, these instructions for us to to not just love our neighbor, you know, a stranger or or those uh, out in the world, but especially amongst ourselves. You know, we should go above and beyond to to show this love towards one another and to serve one another. And so, you know, you ask, you ask what what can or what does this serving each other look like or this doing good look like in in 2023 here in Columbus you know what what does that look like well I think our group here um, does a really good job with this Um, if you look in in the book of Philippians we see that the Philippians had supplied for Paul what he needed, right? That was part of how they had shown their love to Paul. They had supplied what he needed. Um, so for us today, you know, this serving is the same thing amongst ourselves. We we supply what one another need, and so you know whether we're talking about uh, a monetary need. Uh, whether we're talking about bringing one another meals or food, visits, uh, yard work, mower repair, moving from house to house, or whatever else, you, you pretty much name it, and, and it, it's part of serving one another. Whatever need that I have that you can help with is a way you can serve me. Whatever need that you have that I can help with is is a way that I can serve you. And And again, I think that uh, the group that we have here uh, excels with that. I, I've experienced that. I've seen that. And and I'm thankful for that. And so I think that's something that we should be uh, commended uh, for. And uh, You know, I know that I'm with a group here that I put, well, pony up is a, a term that's used uh, for whatever is needed 
whenever. Uh, and, and that's encouraging and comforting to me, and it, it should be to you too. You should rely on the fact and, and, and really count on the fact that if something comes up in this life that you need help with, your brethren here will step in and help you. I, I know that this group will do that. I've seen that, and, and I don't think that that's something that is common you know, everywhere and across every congregation of the Lord's people. It's, uh, you know, different different people and different groups have different strengths and weaknesses. And I feel like this is one of our strengths here, that, that when something comes up, we are ready and able to, to help uh, as soon as we're aware of it. And so, again, be thankful for that. Uh, and don't don't forget to let others help you. You know, I think that that, if there's anything uh, we probably could do better at, it's in letting others help us, right? Uh, we all want to take care of, of what we've got going on ourselves. Nobody likes to ask for help with anything, but if we're going to continue serving one another, helping one another, we have to, to know where needs are, and we have to be willing to ask others to help, and so... Again, I think I think part of the whole process is us trusting one another enough and relying upon one another enough to, to let each other know when we do need uh, help with things. And so, again, you know, some commendation there and some encouragement for us to to continue being that way and and to be thankful uh, that we do have a group uh, that that is like that. All right, um, the, the next couple of things that I, I wanted to talk about, and again, really from the, the way of, of commendation, is, is I believe and see that we're with a group here who doesn't uh, mind working, a, a group that shows up and doesn't mind working. Uh, and so, you know, we know the passage uh, that we read often in Hebrews chapter 10. We actually read it this morning. Uh, as part of what Mark read for the Lord's Supper, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so for us to, especially in a small group, for us to stir one another up uh, to love and good works, we have to be together, right? We have to see each other. Uh, and and I believe that this group here, even though we have a, a, a lot of us who travel in our jobs, uh, we do our very best to be here as much as possible. And I believe everybody here does their very best to be here when the doors are open and, and to be here as much as possible. And, you know, that's something I'm thankful for. Uh, I've been, been places where that's not the case, where it seems like attendance and, and people showing up for, for worship and Bible study is almost kind of a second thought or a second a secondary thing in their life. And that's discouraging. And I, I don't believe that that's the case here. And I'm thankful uh, that, that it's important to all of us to be here and that we all try to be here as much as we're able to. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2, Verses 1 through 4, we read this this morning uh, in class. Says, uh, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, 
any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. And we talked through a good bit of this in class, but but when you think about this uh, passage here, in in terms of the importance of us showing up here, assembling together uh, to worship God and and to study His Word together, a lot of these things, you know, can't happen if we're not here together. Um, you know, this idea of being of the same mind, being in full accord and of one mind, you know, those things don't happen on their own. We said that in class this morning. Um, they, they happen when we're together, when we study God's Word together and consider and discuss God's Word together. It slowly, over time, helps us to become more and more unified. And again, we have to, to do that uh, when we're together. And so... You know, that to me kind of highlights the importance of us being together. And, and again, I'm thankful that I'm with a group that does uh, understand the importance of that and strives to, to be together as much as possible. In Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 11, it says, Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Some of the other, I believe this is ESV, this outdo one another in showing honor. Um, I believe some other translations uh, translated as showing preference for one another. And so, again, in, in thinking about the importance of just coming together when the doors are open I I think passages like these you know show us that's God's expectations for us he wants us to be together as a group and that is that is his design and that is uh, how uh, we we grow and become closer and closer and and more and more uh, like the family he he expects us to be so you know a couple slides ago I, I, I had the title a group that shows up and a group that works. And, and again, I think that uh, we are blessed in, in that we have both of those things. If you look at Ephesians chapter 4, I wanted to read verses 11 through 16. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which is equipped with which is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love and we've we've got another passage coming up too that talks about God's people a congregation 
you know, this is really talking, he, this letter here is written to the Ephesians. This is talking to a, a particular group of Christians, not Christians at large. But um, we can see here God's design, and he describes it as a body with multiple parts that all have work to do. And, and Paul describes it again in 1 Corinthians 12, kind of in the same way, starting in verse 18. It says, But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? So, as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And, and we're not going to read that whole chapter, but I think everyone here kind of knows what, what the rest of that chapter says and what Paul's point is in Ephesians and in 1 Corinthians there is that we are supposed to be uh, like a human body. We're supposed to be a group that, that different people have different strengths and weaknesses, but all parts are working and doing what they can do to make the body function as best as it can. And again, I, I am thankful uh, that we are with a group here that I believe does that. Uh, we have people here with all types of different abilities. We have people here uh, who are, are good at preaching, people who are better at Bible studies. We have uh, people who are willing to teach uh, the kids' classes. We have people that, that are willing to plug in and help clean the building lead song services, uh, you know, on and on and on. Uh, we are blessed with a, a group of people. Even though we are small, we have people who are willing to do the work and who don't uh, shirk at doing the work, who don't complain about doing the work, who, who are willing to do uh, what is necessary for the body to continue. And, and I think that's something we should think about and, and realize that, that again is not everywhere. That that is not the case in all places. Um, I, I have been places before where you you look around and it's just a handful of people willing to do the work, and and most everybody else doesn't really. You got to twist their arm and guilt them into doing stuff, uh, and and that's not the case here. And so I'm thankful for that, and I think that uh, we should be mindful of that and cherish that we have that and, and continue to to do our best to improve at it and, and do more and more as we uh, work together to be pleasing to God. Um, so we talked about uh, showing up. We talked about working. We talked about having uh, love for one another. And, and we're going to kind of circle back to part of what this love is for one another we we at the beginning really kind of hit on the fact uh, that it involves serving and taking care of each other uh, but there's another part to what it means to love each other and, and that really falls along the lines of how we interact with and treat each other uh, and that passage we read in first corinthians 13 uh, kind of led into that we're going to look at couple more passages here colossians 3 verses 12 through 14 says put on then as god's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience 
bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all this, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So here we can see that, that again, this is kind of another part of love, is, is how we interact with each other. This isn't, uh, you know, the things that are in this set of verses we just read, this isn't necessarily, you know, uh, serving one another. This isn't uh, bringing somebody some soup when they're sick. This isn't mowing someone's yard when they're not able to. Uh, this is more how we interact with each other uh, on a little bit of a, a closer level. And what do we, what do we see here? We see uh, this idea of compassion for one another, uh, caring for one another, and what each other are going through in our lives. Uh, we all have ups and downs in our lives. We have times when things are going really well. We have things that happen that that discourage us, and we're supposed to, to recognize that in each other. We're supposed to uh, see that and react to that and respond in the right way to that. Uh, we see kindness. Again, it's the same, along the same lines as this compassionate heart. Uh, humility and meekness, uh, patience and bearing with one another, and, and being willing to forgive each other. And we'll get, get to that uh, a little bit more at the end, but again, these these are different parts of what it means to love each other, and and different things that we have to to be thankful for that we have in our group, and also uh, try to grow in and improve in um, the fruits of the spirit that Paul lists in Galatians five. <clears throat> Uh, are really along these same kind of ideas or, or lines of thought. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. And so, you know, some of these uh, things, again, are harder, I think, for us to do than, than simply providing for someone's need and paying someone's light bill or, uh, you know, serving one another in with those physical need uh, type things. These, these type of things take more practice. I think they take more effort from us a lot of times. And, they take us uh, making a diligent effort to recognize uh, when to plug in and, and be sure that we're having these types of, of attitudes and <clears throat> thoughts and, and reactions towards one another uh, as we interact and deal with each other each and every day. Um, so I had, a, I think I got a couple more slides. Um, and this this is another area or another thing that is part of what it means to love each other, and it's one of the things that I love most about uh, the brethren here. And this is this idea, uh, really twofold idea. Let's read these verses, and we'll talk about it. It says Matthew uh, chapter five, starting in verse twenty-three. It says, 
So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go, and first be reconciled to your brother, and then come offer your gift. Okay? Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17 says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So... I said this was kind of a, a two-fold thing, uh, and, and what I meant by that was one of the things I love most about uh, our group here is you can count on this group to help keep you steered in the right direction. If you uh, are, are getting off track, I believe here that the brethren here love each other enough to, to tell each other that and to talk to each other and go to each other with concern about those things. I also, and that's a good thing, and that is definitely not a common thing, right? Uh, that's a hard thing to do, uh, to go to someone with concern about what their actions are, what they're getting into, um, to, try to, to try to help them correct that. And so we should be thankful that we... That we or among a group that is willing to do that. Uh, we should also be thankful that we're among a group uh, that <clears throat> has brethren who, when, when they do realize that, that they have, have wandered off into something wrong or done something wrong, they're willing to make that right uh, and, and to say that and, and to ask for that forgiveness. And, you know, again, I don't think that that is a, a, a common thing these days. And so... James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And so <clears throat> I, I really you know, think that part of our looking out for one another and being close to one another entails both of these things. It entails us being willing to go to each other with concern when something uh, may be wrong about whatever it is I'm doing. And also knowing that that my response, if you come to me, my response should be such that, yeah, I realize I did mess up and I, and I am going to say I'm sorry for that and, and ask for forgiveness for that. And I know that, that brethren will forgive for that. And, and again, you know, that's the design that God has given us for his church. That's how he wants us interacting with, with each other. That's how he wants us showing our love for each other. And, and you know, I think that, that those are hard things to do, but I think that those are things that, that the brethren here uh, do do, that I've seen done, and, and I'm thankful uh, to, to have been a part and be a part of a group that does that. And so, you know, the... You know, all of these things, again, are, are, are kind of, they're not meant to come across when I, when I say things of commendation. And I keep saying that the group here does good with this and does good with that. I don't mean that in, in, a, in a haughty way or a, or a proud type way, but in an encouraging way. In a way to, to say, 
you know, let's let's keep doing those good and right things, and let let's uh, reflect upon the fact that that we are with with a group that is trying hard to be pleasing to God, and and a group that that wants to serve the Lord, and realize that that it is a blessing to be uh, with such uh, people. You know, I think we need to really just cherish what we have. Uh, here amongst ourselves, realize that it that it is a blessing, uh, and and nurture what we have, and continue to do uh, our part to make it better, uh, and to make it function as a body of Christ, and and accomplish the things that God expects us to accomplish. And so, that's uh, that's really my lesson. Like I said, it's a little bit of a different uh, kind of lesson this morning, but I. I just as we went through Philippians last week and I was thinking about how close Paul and, and the Philippian brethren seemed to be, it made me think of our group here and made me thankful for uh, how close we are. Uh, and uh, so I just wanted to, to kind of look at some verses about that this morning. We're about to sing number 320, uh, Will Jesus Find Us Watching? And... This song uh, is a is a invitation song, if you want to call it that. It's really a song uh, that's supposed to spur us into thinking about how we've been living and and to reflect upon if Jesus came back two minutes from now, would I be looking for him and would I be happy that he's here? And so, <clears throat> you know, that's when you read the New Testament and think about. And, and read how Paul especially was anxiously waiting the Lord's coming back. He said he was ready. Uh, you know, it, it sets a tall bar for me to think about that. And that's what this song does. It, it sets the tone such that we're supposed to, to consider how we've been living. And, and, and if we are not living in a way that we would be excited that we would be happy, that we would be thrilled to know here he comes, he's coming back, I've been waiting on this, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're here, then there's probably some things we need to change in, in how we've been living or how we've been thinking. And that's what this song is really spurring us to consider. And so this morning, as we're about to sing this, I invite you to consider those things. And if if uh, you do need to make some changes in your life and, and think about some things differently, put some uh, different priorities on how you've been living, then I encourage you to do that. If there's things that we can help you with, uh, encourage you to do or pray with you about, then we certainly ask that you let that be known as we stand and sing. <clears throat> 